audience, right? We're yes. talking today about Big Mouse. Yes. Big Mouse, Disney, and Walt Disney, the man who started it all. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it's hard to really overstate, like, the Le- Leviathan status of this company now and, like, its hegemonic control over our, like, cultural institutions and, yeah, just, like, our culture in general because it's seeped beyond kind of the realm of the entertainment industry from which it sprung and is now this, like, global octopus of sell- that sells dreams yeah. to uh, children and, as we've noted before, increasingly to full-ass grown adults. Um, yes. Well, I <laughs> think, yeah, that's you know. part of the plan of like the sort of eternal childhood i think there's i mean you know it's like you know disney is you know their headquarters are the magic kingdom you know disney it's all about disney magic you know and even though like i mean i guess he was in like like demolai society or whatever walt disney yeah yeah, uh so you know sonic youth yeah pretty much you know uh, uh like other than the actual boy scouts which the actual boys is kind of are the masonic boy scouts they're like the extra exactly. masonic boy scouts um, <laughs> sorry for repeating myself yeah but he i mean he was more of like a a straight and narrow though greatly like deranged individual he wasn't like a profligate occultist the way that like some of like his contemporaries were but I don't know. He was like steep in that bullshit. He was in the Nazism. Oh, we're going to get into yeah. it today. <laughs> like, because, um, you know, I mean, one thing to say just off the bat. There is a we- like just a something very alchemical, something like deeply primordial about the Disney uh, magic the, that the Fantasia that we they've been with. able yeah. to project across the world. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we should say up front, like this is an interesting and tricky episode to do. Because we could talk all day about Disney this, Disney that, you know, comment on whatever movies or TV shows or, you know, streaming things they're basically releasing right now. Or talk about how they're they're getting tangled up with, like, Governor DeSantis in Florida. Right. And, you know, being forced to take a stand on political issues and yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, all a psyop you know, by them, uh, in my opinion. By who? Or um, maybe, like, sort of an improvisational psyop. Like, maybe they stumbled a little bit, like, in the process. Like, maybe they didn't expect certain aspects of it. But I think that, like, you know, they, ca- they have the calculus worked out and it will be, like, to their benefit. Like, this has kind of happened before as is kind it's of true i think it does reflected. kind of redound to their benefit yeah they know like when to like they know what side of like culture war issues to bet on they don't really have like any principles uh in that d- domain i don't think really no, um, not in 2022 i mean they do no. have there is a certain core set of uh principles yes but those core say, principles but yeah i guess that's true the, but those core principles are not like uh wokeness or like you know destroying <laughs> no. uh like american society they're all about like american uh nationalism like american supremacy and like a bizarre yeah. like nostalgic twisted image of like a satanic like american empire i mean really disneyland is like the uh, disneyland and disney world are both like the sort of uh, utopic space where you can see like the politics of the end their movies as well which is all part of this sort of matrix of ideas this like imaginal domain that it, you know is all baudrill art and everything but like you can see like their politics kind of modeled in the landscape of disneyland like it's not 
leftist <laughs> or whatever the fuck like they're no, saying. Main Street USA uh, and uh, all of those little like medieval German yes. you know, castles and stuff. Yeah, uh, um, it's, uh, an American Horn. Main Street with like, a castle at the end of it is pretty much like the image of <laughs> Disney's <laughs> politics. Like, you know, really a, a gilded age, like suburban Main Street that like never really existed with like um, Axel Venergren's like mo- Alweg monorail, like zooming by on the horizon. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we, like you think about Disney's lands, they really like uh, convey the a whole a picture, you know, you got like frontier lands and, uh, you know, you got the magic tomorrow. Land, yeah. Tomorrow. Which was, like I believe created Werner von Braun land. Essentially. Yeah, basically. Yes. Yeah. And Jungle Cruise Land. Yeah. You know. know. Which is like, yeah, colonial land. Yeah, Frontier Land is like uh, colonizing the West Land. Jungle Land is like colonizing the Third World Land. And I don't know Mm -hmm. what Adventure Land is. Maybe that's like colonizing the natural world, uh, subjugating nature. Pirates of the Caribbean, like suppressing Haiti. Yeah. You can kind of see it all throughout. And like Disney, though, I'll confess, like I went, I've never been to Disney World. But I went to, growing up in California, I did go to Disneyland in Anaheim a few times uh, as a child. And I was uh, swept up in its in the Magical Kingdom and mm-hmm. thought it was fun. But I think mm, ever since young adulthood, I've started to cast a little more of a uh, sussed out skeptical eye on just the whole Disney vibe, you know? Like, yeah. And especially over the last 10 or so years, like being in LA, just watching Disney just rack up like win after win after win and gobble up every single IP that sort of means anything that Hollywood has produced, you know, in the last 50 years. Right. Well, because they have to control the imagination, (laughs) like anything that, yeah, is... Like the uh, mouse like broke out of its habitat and started basically colonizing, doing the same thing that Disney had done with its own creations, um, like Mickey Mouse and all the other uh, all the other characters you love, um, mm-hmm. which is to say like like vigilantly guard the copyrights like down to the point where I think in the '90s they got in some trouble for threatening to sue like a couple daycare centers in Florida that had painted Mickey Mouse on yeah, their walls. Right. No, like, that's mm-hmm. unauthorized, you know. Like, yeah. and it's funny to think because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I actually don't know the, uh, you know, the finer points of copyright law. But generally speaking, when you create like a character or you write a novel or something, what is it now? Like 80 something years, you know, yeah, after like your after death? Yeah, after the death of the author something. Yeah, well, they've done that. Yeah, that's because of Disney. It originally was like a very short window of time. But yeah, like that's they, right. They did play a role. The Mickey Mouse law is like what it's called or the, yeah, the Mickey Mouse exception where like that keeps getting pushed back uh, to accommodate Mickey. I feel mm-hmm. like there was recently like a big change where like some major character did enter the public domain, which was like, you know, after a long while. Uh, but yeah, they keep pushing it back. Uh, I don't think yeah. that Mickey will ever. Uh, well, now I'm actually looking now. This is interesting because we're in 2022 right now. And I think the thing we're talking about here is the Copyright Term Extension Act. So allegedly Mickey Mouse will enter the public domain in 2024 or afterward, depending on the date of the product. So that means because Walt Disney died in 1966. So I think 2024, yeah. we're only two years away 
from but i think you know are they going i think the thing is like the original mickey mouse from steamboat willie will go to the public domain but that's mickey i mean that's the iconic mickey mouse look i don't think think that that will be allowed to happen it took a few years for Mickey to really take shape and become the yeah, Mickey that Steve we all Boat recognize. Yeah, but Steamboat Willie is Mickey. That like, is the that first is Mickey. Very yes. much Mickey. Um, yes. Yeah. And um, one thing is uh, that well, there's a few books that we kind of went through today to kind of uh, cobble up some info on Disney, which I was going to say earlier. That's what makes it interesting during this episode is because, like, despite you know we could talk all day about Disney this, Disney that, but the actual information about the founder of the company, Walt Disney, and even like a lot of the early history of the studio, there's like only one kind of official sanitized version of that history that Disney puts out. And it like, it jealously guards any other kind of information about Walt Disney that might, you know, uh, cast some doubt on you know his public image as like america's uncle who just like loves magic and like dreams and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. it's like it's like there's entire things in his life that are kind of a big deal that like you're not going to get if you read an authorized biography of walt disney or see one of those movies they put out like like saving mr banks or some shit where like sus tom hanks like plays walt disney is just like this one dimensional like happy guy yeah Mm -hmm. you know like a mr Mr. rogers (laughs) yeah (laughs) whatever the fuck it was yeah so Um, stupid but you know if you start to dig there's like only a couple books out there that have dared to go up against the mouse and i mean since this is an allegedly free country uh, Disney can't exactly stop them, but they're pretty obscure. They're like all out of print now. I mean, I think the two big ones that we're going to talk about today, one is Walt Disney, Hollywood's Dark Prince by Mark Elliott, which came out in the early 90s. And I, I had a weird thing where I swear to God, I looked for it online on like archive and other places and like nobody had it and it was like out of print. And I thought, damn, Disney Disney got this one like because this one really is like from the reviews I read about it at the time was like a reckless character assassination of, you know, like full of conspiracy theories and blah, blah, blah. You know, people were really mad. But I thought, oh, that sounds up our alley. But then Mm -hmm. late last night before we started recording, I did find a copy on archive.org, which anybody can go and borrow for an hour at a time. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And uh, and that does I didn't get to like read all of it closely, but I read enough to uh to fill in some of the you know interesting gaps in walt disney's you know official bio that are really really some crazy shit but then the other book that i think we both read that was the original impetus i think even when we did our first episode and we're just talking shit about disney i think around that time i bought a number of fringy looking books that i found you know cheaply online and one of them was this from a uh, returning SJ author, yes. not exactly in the the pantheon of heroes, but no. kind of like in the in the two the two mic section of the uh, the SJ yeah. library. Um, <laughs> we're of course talking about William J. Casey Fellow at the Hoover Institute, Peter Schweizer, and yes. in the nineties, I guess after he wrote Victory, which we did a whole Contra episode yeah. on. But before, you know, he sort of busted out with like Clinton Cash and like all these new kind of muckraking conservative books. 
he had this one that I found and I just had to buy called Disney, The Mouse Betrayed, Greed, Corruption, and Children at Risk from 1999. (laughs) Um, So he and his wife wrote this and just from like the summary of it, I was like, ooh, okay, let's go. I know he's conservative. He's probably got an ax to grind or something, but I bought it and then, you know, I hadn't read it, but I went to look for like a PDF version to send you when we started researching this episode. And I think it must be because of the current controversies, but a copy of Disney the Mouse Betrayed on Amazon is like $400 now. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, I don't know, all these conservatives are just buying up whatever copies are still floating around, which probably weren't many. I don't think this book (laughs) sold very well. So since we've gone on a Schweizer ride before, we decided to see what he had to say. And of a more problematic uh, read than uh, Victory, because Victory is more of like just like a frothing confession. Uh, You know, like it's just like, uh, (laughs) yeah. Whereas this is a bit more like, I mean, it's like very like, uh, yeah, like 90s era, like conservative at many points. Uh, but there's still like some good stuff in here, like uh, some good like innuendos. Uh, good innuendos. And, yeah. you know, he does he does rake up some muck about Disney that is kind of good. And of course, he see, I think we kind of almost have to approach Disney. Disney is almost like a like a, a DID kind of like personality a personality b type entity you know as a corporation where it kind of has this like old school almost like you know no offense to the mormons listening but like i feel like almost like a paramormon 1950s like technicolor like you said like main street leading to a castle type like weird almost like culty aesthetic to it that's like and always very like traditional values and like good clean family fun like very like middle american protestant upright blah 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 and but then you have kind of the more modern disney after walt disney dies and when they finally get their first outsider ceo michael eisner in the 80s so then you get what schweizer most pretty much exclusively focuses on in his book which is like the the woke tatification of disney you know what i'm saying i mean in the 90s it's a little bit different because i even remember this a little bit like i remember the backlash to stuff like obviously like we know disney owns like uh almost like every uh media company or outfit like you know or a, a lot of them but I remember the 90s, like Miramax, you know, like that distributed movies. Like I remember Dogma was a really controversial one. The Kevin Smith yeah. movie, uh, oh, yeah. like as dumb yeah. as it is, like it riled a bunch of people up. Um, so was Clerks, yeah. though. Clerks was controversial also because of the yeah. oral sex like monologue, you know, scene yeah. or whatever. But yeah, and I mean, Dogma for more so for obvious reasons, I think, you know, like it's Dogma was seen direct. as almost like a doubling down on yeah. the controversy, um, which is really Miramax's like bread and butter. I think that what they said is like it, like the the tagline of all Miramax movies are like like greed, sex, murder, betrayal or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, that that, of course, we probably don't have to mention was Harvey Weinstein's company. Yeah. You know, I think that like it started off being kind of like it's interesting. I mean, in many ways, like what we're kind of seeing now, like this, like current sort of Disney backlash is in some respects an echo of that. But Definitely. There is a bit of a yeah, there's a it's a bit more refined in some ways because like the Disney brand itself was kept separate and you kind of had to like, you know, make the connection that, oh, yeah, like this is Disney, you know, and then like for people to sort of be like Disney is making this 
And it's like, well, no, it's Miramax. But to sort of say Miramax is Disney. But now it's like, oh, well, you know, in Frozen, they don't get married or something, you know, like whatever. Like Jordan Peterson crying about something like that, you know, like it's not a true fairy tale. (laughs) Meanwhile, like all these fucking like old Disney movies are like completely like evil and like they're messaging or like sick and like weird we'll talk about them like mickey himself is like a like an imp from the battles of hell but like kenneth Kenneth anger's like you know perception of mickey uh is kind of really is like the true essence of the original mickey was the kind of kenneth anger impian version yes for sure there's a reason why kenneth anger like loves mickey mouse so much like it's not uh and michael aquino why do so many satanists love disney um, it's like for <laughs> obvious reasons. Yeah. And they like, they are, have the same like grievances where like the classics were better, you know, it's like Disney in a way has like, they, cause they have this image, they have like this sainted special, exceptional places, the custodians of innocence, you know, like Disneyland, you know, nothing bad can happen at Disneyland, you know, or whatever. Like yeah. it's the happiest, no one can be sad in the happiest place on earth and everyone's a kid forever and there's no trouble of like the adult world there's no you know there's no crime yeah. on main street usa there's no poor no. people on main street usa and there's no black yep. people yeah for most of this for access to the full-length episode subscribe to the hour of frequency at patreon.com slash subliminal jihad Thank you.